0: we back to another episode of the Bible Theory Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me once again on this journey, on ecclesiology, on talking about the church, something that is forgotten um, in most conversations. And I think everything kind of just goes back to the basics, to the church. Everything kind of goes back to the doctrine of of the body of Christ. And that's why I'm talking about it. It's something that needs to be reiterated, rediscovered, shared, um, and just talked about more often after church before church, even on the pulpit again. So, um, so thank you so much. Once again, um, please go ahead and find me on tune in. I'm available on tune in, um, which is an application on your phone, type in the Bible theory and please subscribe because I cannot do this without your support. And once again, I'm not a professional. I'm just a regular theologian at home, you know, trying to shepherd the nations through a podcast and through, you know, my kids as well. So, all right, let's strap up. Let's go. All right, so let's go ahead and um, bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Father, so much for your word that is true, that is inerrant and powerful. Thank you so much for your teachers in the church throughout history, even the current ones now, feeding the sheep, going out there every week, Friday nights, Wednesday nights, every day, and feeding the sheep. Thank you, Lord. I am so thankful for them. I pray for them that you strengthen them. Rise up new leaders, Father, for the future. Point them out to us, Holy Spirit. Bring them up. We need to to be instructed, Lord. We need to be catechized. We need to be disciples. I pray for more disciple makers. For more disciple cycles. People who are crazy to make disciples. Father, we need this. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's go. All right. So, um, you know, earlier this week, I was uh, reading a book um, from uh, Nine Marks by Mark Dever. It's a pretty good book. It's a basic book. It's a spinoff. It's a church series book on uh, building healthy churches from his original book you know um, nine marks of a healthy church one of those you know you know hallmark books that i like to read every once in a while especially on this topic is one of those books that i have read for this topic in terms of the whole church series right i highly recommend it it's a small little book maybe 200 pages or less Uh, it's called discipling which is a whole chapter in his book but he just writes another book on it but In it, page 86, I'm not going to quote from it, but Mark Dever said that the knowledge of God changes people. And I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to read it word for word. So the knowledge of God changes people. It fills up people with knowledge about God, theology, right? But that knowledge, he says, changes people and makes people live better lives, more and more, um, you know, Christian lives. And I think he's getting on to something there because that's true. You know, the word of God changes people and it changes their behavior. It changes their morals. It changes their character. It changes. it, It makes them more mature because as as the shepherd at your local church, as you continue to feed the sheep, the people will get more mature by transferring from the milk to the meat. Right? More meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Right? So, and and that's what happens with the knowledge of God. I think sanctification is basically reconstructing the human, you know, the human being from the inside out. You know, it changes everything. Regeneration from the inside out. And that's what happens. So... But before we begin, um, this one is part eight of the church series. This one I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the local church as a greenhouse. But let let me go ahead and give you a quick fact of the day. Um, did you know to be a Christian means to be a disciple? Yes, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. There are no Christians in the world who are not disciples. It's pretty easy. So. You know, the word disciple, it, it's, it's a nice word. In the Greek, it means mathetate. It, it's, you know, it's used over 250 times in the NT, in the word of God. And basically, it means a learner. It means disciple or pupil. So, newsflash, you know, we, we never arrive, right, to the master level. We never do, you know. And basically, we're always on this journey to the celestial city. We never stop being disciples of Christ. And no, I don't mean the biker gang, disciples of Christ. I mean, the, you know, matatates of our master and king, Christ Jesus. That's what I mean. You know, and some people like to make distinctions between being a Christian and being a disciple. Like there's some kind of distinction there, but there's not. You know, like, you finish Sunday school, somehow you get an MDiv, and then you move up. No, no. It's not Mario. I'm sorry. You know, there's no status from, you know, difference between learner and teacher. However, the Greek word kind of does imply that, but essentially, we we are not Star Wars. (laughs) You know, see... You know christianity is very unlike star wars where you know in star wars you have the jedi which are you know typically there's the jedi master which is a high rank in, in star wars and then you have the padawan which he is in a uh, padawans are basically apprentices they're very naive people <laughs> basically and they move up right they move on up and they graduate and then they become a jedi master but that's not how it works in christianity essentially ma- matitates and didaskalos right um, two very important greek words one means disciple me mean, one means teacher so teachers and students basically in christianity everybody is a mathetate, everybody is a disciple Um, Because we never really graduate from the University of the Holy Ghost. We are all on the same road to the celestial city. We are all moving on up. (laughs) Not to the east side, to the heaven side, to the Christ side, right? We never really graduate from the University of the Holy Ghost. Like Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. So let me ask you a simple question. Did Jesus provide teachers for his church? Of course he did. Yes. Ephesians chapter 4, 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. He did. Jesus gave didaskalos to the local ecclesia. And by the way, you know, the church um, does have a warning um, there for us. In James chapter 3, there's a warning about um, an overpopulation of um, teachers. So I, I, you know, you should read it. Anyways, for those who do teach didasko, teach didasko, which is very similar to didaskolos, teacher. You know, there are, there is a double honor that they do qualify for because of their labors in the word and doctrine, which is basically, Paul says, is a paid salary. Anyways, moving on. What are... The Daskalos are supposed to be doing what are teachers supposed to be doing. I said it last time that, you know, their primary function is feeding the sheep. And there's a lot to that. Um, so let me go ahead and flesh out eight um, bullet points of how or what they're supposed to do. OK, number one, laboring, in the word. Basically, it's pretty obvious. Like I said, the local church is their employment. Um, Number two, preach the word, which which means they're text driven. They're expository type preachers um, and teachers. They are rightly dividing the word. Right. Number three, they are correcting. Um, They are number four, they are rebuking. Number five, they are building up, encouraging. And number six, giving careful instructions. Number seven, making disciples. Number eight, baptizing. So those are quick little eight things that I found of what the are supposed to be doing in the local church. And of course, they are supposed to be doing tons of other things. But let me go ahead and zero in on number six and seven real quick for you, which which is giving careful instructions. Second Timothy 4.2, two and making disciples. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Because newsflash making disciples goes way beyond the four walls of your church. Okay? It really does. And I pray you see that. Basically, this is how the church becomes a greenhouse. Is, wait a minute, is by the PhDs? No. By the WWEs? No. By the wits of men, like my Scottish friends out there would say? No. And the only way a church could be a, a greenhouse is by the Holy Spirit. It must begin and end with the Holy Spirit. It should be a given but it's really missed and it's sad because a lot of churches out there believe that we are winning the culture war somehow like show me i, I want to know like we're, we are not obviously they pretend that the that the world is on their side but the world is not on our side you know modern christians they don't give out careful instructions anymore like they used to you know so in a modern church you might find something like this and i found four things um you know there's more but you know these are the typical so number one you know we don't like to listen to the dead guys of the church anymore so go ahead get rid of them let's not listen to calvin or spurgeon or luther whitfield and especially augustine come on let's get rid of them why because you know we're smarter than all of them of course Number two, instead of giving careful instructions, um, we are going to just keep it simple for people and just, like, break it down in a nutshell type stuff. You know, like, you know, preach once a week and, like, instead of teaching, we're just going to be preaching the whole time. Really? Yeah, let's see how that works. (laughs) Um, Number three, instead of making disciples, you know, we're just going to, like, make good, you know, people. We're just going to make good people. And especially we want them to be good attendees, you know what I mean? (laughs) So we want them to feel good when they walk out of our door. Yeah. Okay. So we want them to feel comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see how that works. And then we want them to be singing really good on a Sunday, you know, like a giant karaoke session. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we won't rebuke any sin. Let's not talk about sin, by the way. Mm Mm-mm. And then number four instead of making disciples then what are you doing basically you're making friends you know you know so there's no older man teaching the younger man there's no older women teaching the younger women there's no pastoral visits at all uh, most people don't even know where the pastor lives or whatever never been to his house anyways you know who cares right let's move on so the and, and essentially there's no bridge being built between seminary and the church There's no catechism, there's no theology, there's none of that. It's nothing but a big old dinner party. Hashtag, got milk? Yeah, let's see how that works. Okay, so if the church is going to um, be relevant, by the way, so, you know, basically, this is what needs to happen. Teachers must become catechists. And disciples, basically everybody, of Jesus, they need to become great learners of the word of God. They do because pastors are catechists. Did you catch that? They are. Catechist is a Greek word, by the way, just means instructor. Um, we see this several times in scriptures, but let me go ahead and point out point out three of them. Leviticus ten eleven, second chronicles fifteen three, Luke chapter one, verse four. Let me go ahead and read them to you so you can get more in context of what a catechist is, which is pastors. Um, the Daskalos, what are they doing? They're catechizing, instructing people, giving careful instructions, right? Like I said, anyways, Leviticus ten eleven, it says this very clearly. It says after the sons of Aaron, right? What did they do? They brought unauthorized fire to the Lord and then they died because of what? Incorrect worship. That's the reason. That's the reason why they died. So the Lord had to talk to Aaron and say, hey, he had to pull him aside. And then he told Aaron, give careful instructions to the remaining sons. The word is catechist. And then again, 2 Chronicles 15, 3. And I quote, for a long time, Israel, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. End quote. The word teach Instruction is catechism. And then move on to the New Testament. Luke chapter 1 verse 4. Luke informs Theophilus. That he intends to give him an orderly account. Right? Of those things which he already gave him previously. In the Gospel of Luke. Um, by, the, by, the, by the word of mouth. Or. Let me give you some Greek. hōn catechis By the word of mouth. Boom. So. The one who teaches is a catechist, you know, so basically the modern church, what I'm trying to say is that the modern church cannot disregard our didaskalos or those who are catechists. We cannot disregard the teachers of the church just because we don't like them or they're old and we are new or whatever. You see, in the, in the early church, probably in the late 1st century, early 2nd century, when the believer was a new baby Christian, they were instructed at least maybe, maybe minimum three years before they were even baptized. Um, and a lot of this has to do with heresy and protecting the church because of heresy was so rapid. But anyways, they were given the didacte, which means the teaching. It, it, basically, the Didache is a small little early Christian manual. It's the Christian manifesto, basically, that first came out. And let me read. Let me quote how it starts off for you. And I quote, the teaching of the Lord through the 12 apostles to the nations. There are two ways, one of life and one of death. And there is a big difference between the two. Here is the way of life. End quote. Wow. Pretty simple, right? Um, looks like they got it down. Where's the didacte, by the way, in the modern church? Oh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> See, the term catechism, the C word, it's a very bad word, by the way, in the church today. So cate- catechism is a bad word. It has it has a bad rap um, with many, and it shouldn't, basically. But catechale means to instruct systematically. That's what Paul is trying to tell Timothy um, there in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to give careful instructions basically means to instruct systematically Timothy that's what he says and Paul uses this several times in his letter he you know in Galatians chapter 6 verse 6 he says and I quote let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things let him who is catechized you know sh- you know repeat and resound the things that he has learned to the teacher let's see if he could pass the test go ahead and let him um, let him quote um you know kind of like like passing a test basically and that's the kjv kjv for you so if luke was the catechist that means theophilus was the catechist i thought that was a pretty interesting relationship there you see Giving careful instructions is how the local church makes disciples, by the way. So the church, like I said before, is supposed to be a greenhouse, at least how I see it. Um, Cultivating the word of God, planting the seed of the word of God, watering the word of God. And obviously the Holy Spirit is the one that giving growth to everything. So this is a basic element in, in church is that. The church is a discipleship factory, is always um, reproducing, um, manufacturing um, disciples. We are making disciples. We are disciple cycles (laughs) in the church, mathetate, disciples. Typically, typically in the church today, um, we have church programs that take care of all those things. But usually those church programs, they technically are weak replacements for what actually is, you know, a lifelong process. And that it's supposed to be a shepherd and sheep relationship there. But there's not a lot of the times it's not the sheep and shepherd relationship. And, you know, the relationship is pretty much dead in those programs and those church programs. Because there's a lot of people in the church that don't even know the pastor. That don't even know their their elders. You know, there's a lot of people that just don't know. You know? So they just show up for announcements and that's it. And then boom. Maybe like 20 people know about them, but that's about it. Um, so basically it's in virtu basically what I'm trying to say is that it is virtually impossible to do the Great Commission without making disciples in the local church. And and let let's see how this has played out. So follow me here. Sadly, you know, when I look at you know, outside the window in our mi- and our, you know, at our major cities, for example, like Chicago, you know. So here's a uh, report that came out in April of 2021 that Chicago saw 131 murders. OK, that's 131, by the way, and 706 shootings, which is way up from last year, within the first three months of 2021. Boom. So you really want to know how the regional church and the local church is doing in Chicago. Uh, You know, it's not looking pretty. Let's just say that. okay? it's not good. But all of this, you know, Chicago is basically a symptom of what's going on. It's the impact of the reinventing of the wheels of ecclesiology of playing around with it right not preaching sin not rebuking not correcting of all those churches you know in balance not giving careful instructions not really making disciples of those people in chicago um, basically is impacting the very fabric of society in chicago and some of the major places you know and then that just comes off the heels of the decline of the local church being the ground zero of influence in society influence is basically shifted to the universities to online it has moved away from the pastors from the elders from the deacons and that's that's true and that's where it's, and that's where it has gone out the window so the lack of katekeo in the church is real by the way like i said last time in another study that um, bible illiteracy is real yeah, the lack of catechia is real. And they go hand in hand. And here's another study in Barna that reveals that only 1% of today's churches are doing a, a very well job at discipling new and young believers. Whoa, only 1% of today's churches are actually discipling baby Christians? Wow, 1%? Wow, okay. Uh, and then within the same study, 6 out of 10 Churches feel that they're, you know, disciple that their that their quote unquote discipleship programs are not doing too well. Six out of ten churches feel that way. That's sixty percent, FYI. So, and then looking at themselves, looking at their own churches, the same study reveals that only eight percent say that they're doing quote unquote very well. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What happened to that one percent? So, obviously, they're giving themselves, you know, a good pat on the back. But everybody else, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, while, you know, they're saying only 56% saying that, you know what, we're doing somewhat of the discipling. We're doing something. 56% of churches say that. And then still, only 17% of believers say that they only meet with a mentor. That 17%? That's pretty low. That means mentorship is pretty low in the church with younger men and, you know, older men, so, and I, and I have tested that, because, you know, I struggle in that area of finding a good mentor, it's really difficult, so, anyway, so, back to my question, who is doing the instructions, by the way, in Chicago, Los Angeles, D.C., you know, South Central, you know, in other major cities, who, oh, yeah, I'm not saying there's no churches there, I'm saying, like, you know, who's, who's doing the disciple, you know, who's discipling the nations there, you know, I want to know, because, you know, I'm not saying there's no churches there, or whatever, there's no grace or whatever, there's no victories, that's not what I'm saying, I'm saying like, you know, Chicago doesn't have a gun problem because they, they don't, they have a criminal problem, which is a moral problem, which is a character problem, which is an instruction problem. Which is the church's problem, by the way. You know, and and the same thing for L.A. L.A. doesn't have a filthy rich problem. They have a homelessness problem. Which is, you know, I'm not trying to say that the church can fix all of these issues. But I do believe Jesus can. And he can through the word, through preachers, feeding the sheep, discipleship, by the way. And... Let me go ahead and give you um some of my ideas ideas on how the local church could be a greenhouse so here's one they're not bulletproof here's some of my ideas like i said i'm not a professional i'm just like you okay so uh so uh, follow me okay and i understand every city is different so none of these are you know some of these are not going to work in everything so this is not like a one size fits all okay all right so that's a disclosure You know, churches, reformed churches, they need to start offering biblical counseling for drug addicts, porn addicts, marriage deficiency, marriage education, basically, Uh, parenting, you know, teen and guidance, all that. They need to, um, you know, raise up a team of biblical counselors in the local church. You know, they need to require young and old couples for, you know, marriage education. Like they need to because marriage, divorces, all that stuff is through the roof. We need to slow down and give careful instructions again in all of these areas and all of these broken areas around our neighborhoods. It really is. It's a pandemic. And the church has the answers. And it's called the scriptures. And unless... We don't do nothing about it the church is going to be you know totally rolled over and swallowed up like it like it has in many cases and like i said before like it has in europe young man needs they need to do things young men they need guidance so i would start with the young man and start doing apprenticeships you know like have a legit apprenticeship outreach ministry where a young man could go in there for a year or three years and learn plumbing, automotive, electrician work, framing, software development, business development, all these things that a young man needs. Raising kids, you know? Same thing for the young, young women. Young women needs, need apprenticeships, ministries too, outreach. They need to learn nursing, I don't know, veterinarian, homemaking, baby delivery, cooking. Cooking class, all these things in the church. Um, the church needs to start doing um, uh, reintegration programs, not programs. I hate that word. Ministries, <laughs> outreach. They need, they need to put together a prison ministry team of uh, people who will work together with, with probation officers, with law enforcement and work together with, um, you know, former um, inmates from prison. Who are getting out on a good term basis to re-engage, uh, to reintegrate um, with society, starting with the local church. And I think the church has a huge opportunity huge opportunity on its hands as the government continues to just let people free. Um, so the church needs to start leading that. Um, I think there needs to be a guarding outreach for the poor, you know, some giant you know community garden for the poor but in order to get the food you must tend the garden you know i think there must be um you know reform churches i think they need to do um um, job placement um career outreach resume building you know haircuts for the poor you know um free free um you know three-piece suits for anyone who has a job interview you know worship service every day not just Sundays. A call to worship Monday through Sunday. I think we need to up our uh, gatherings, not just once a week, twice a week, three times a week. But I think we need to do it seven days a week now because the culture is just going out of hand. And I think we just need to start doing it like seven days a week all the time now. Um, prayer meetings. I think we need to start doing that every day, not just Wednesdays or Fridays um nurse we need to have a nurse on call 24 7 um ab- obviously what ha- after what happened what happened in 2020 um we need to have english classes for immigrants um reformed churches they start need to i think they need to do um u.s citizen classes for refugees seeking u.s citizenship um mentorship programs or outreach i don't know why i keep seeing programs Mentorship, outreach, Um, older men are basically assigned two to three young men, the same for the women, for like two-year program. Outreach, Uh. (laughs) you see I've been indoctrinated with the word program in the church. Um, Baptizing, um, crash course, I think it's a one-year devotion for new Christians. I think you just give them the didacte. Bible college, training for all members. I think you need to have like a like a 30 book challenge, uh, maybe like a five book challenge and a, like a 10 book challenge. And I think you throw in like audible or something for people on the go. You basically give them no wiggle room. You say you come to this church, you're going to be learning, you're going to be growing, you're going to be stretched, you're going to be challenged, you're going to get known. There's no such. Even if you're an introvert, you're not escaping us. Because everybody's involved. Everybody, no no one is a consumer here, right? No one's sitting down, leaving, doing nothing. Everybody's involved. Everybody's doing something. Everybody's pitching in. Everybody is active, right? Not passive. Um, And then like teaching the creeds and confessions before, you know, before the sermon starts, basically. And, you know, those are some of my ideas. And I think doing some of these and many other things. Uh, other activities, um, like for example, taking back the printing press, because uh, I think the church basically lost one of its pearls and you know, to secular religion is the printing press. And other sections of society obviously will come in time. But, you know, doing these things, doing these activities in time should reinforce the church's culture that we all want to see. You know, and like I said before, if we don't start applying the Bible, then the Bible is useless. But I think we need to take it down a notch and start at home. Okay, honestly. Because first, we need to start by confessing our sins first, personally. Um, You know, we we are not personally honoring God in our marriages. You know, and, and, and that spreads out everywhere. In our church building, we are not cultivating the word in our major cities. You know, our churches are lacking mentors, mentor, you know, mentorships, internships, apprenticeships. You know, we're not giving careful instructions anymore to the majors of theology. You know, we need to change this. We need to reform this. You know, and, 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 and the change must begin at the local ecclesia, the local communion table, the local elders, the session, the deacons. They must be reformed. They must change. In order for the local. Members to change. See if the, if the if the leaders won't change. Then the members won't change. But if the leaders change and reform. Then the members will change and reform. And I'll end it with this. Just like St. Clair Ferguson said. We must become disciples. Who make disciples. And it's just so simple. And I'll leave it there. Because I got to go. All glory to God. Solidar Gloria. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned to the next episode. Solely Gloria. In Jesus' name. Amen.